Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Love Letters and Mixtapes. Do you ever find yourself feeling completely out of sorts? And you could be in your regular routine, maybe waking up, making breakfast, getting ready, going to work, or starting your day remotely. You are talking to the same people. You are doing the same tasks. After work, you're engaging in the same kinds of activities that you like. You are checking the same social media. You are paying your bills. You're doing what's expected of you. And yet, you feel completely out of alignment. Almost as if someone said your name right now, you might not even respond. And if you were to pass a mirror, you'd barely recognize yourself. Maybe you find yourself in conversation with friends, family, loved ones, colleagues, and you hear the words coming out of your mouth. And it almost feels like it's coming from a script of what is expected of you to not ruffle any feathers. Almost as if you're sitting next to yourself and you're watching this person do and say all of the socially acceptable things to not be too much, to not take up too much space, to not be too loud or inconvenient. Doing what everyone wants them to do, or what is seen as acceptable, or what won't rock the boat too much. And you don't even recognize the words that you're saying, the tone of your voice, the way you're answering questions. Or maybe you're in a situation where that energy is coming towards you. Energy that completely does not match the energy that you're putting out. And you look around at the situation and the people and the dynamics, and you're thinking, what am I doing here? And it's so confusing, right? It's so disorienting. How did we end up here? How is this what's going on? And what can we do about it? In my mind, I imagine it's almost like being on a road trip to a place you've never been before, and all of the sudden, it's getting dark, and the GPS quits, and you don't have a map, and you're looking around, you don't recognize anything, and you know that you have to keep going, but how are you supposed to keep going when you have no idea where to turn, where to stop, what to do, who to ask for help? That energy can be so confusing. Those situations can be confusing, and I don't think that we are encouraged to openly share or even reflect on those moments when we feel out of sorts or disconnected, or even when we feel uncomfortable when we are perfectly playing our part as a cog in the greater wheel. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how do we come back into our energy and reclaim ourselves in a really complicated world? In a world that often pulls us in various directions, 
and expects us at any moment to fulfill so many different roles. How do we find out and reclaim our authentic selves? And how do we fight the messaging that it's not a crucial pursuit, that it's not essential to our well-being and our ability to show up in community? Today, I wanted to explore this topic and weave in themes of compassion, discernment, and empathy, and all of the things that really do help us navigate the complexities of modern life. I've been thinking about this topic so much lately and how it intersects with the new calendar year, but this idea of reclaiming ourselves that I'm talking about isn't really bound to any time frame or a particular set of conditions. It can and will happen at almost any time in our lives, and it can also repeat as we stumble through this modern-day wilderness that is defined by doing more with less, showing up as an individual instead of in community, being bombarded by technology and exposure to the expectations of millions of people around the world. And in the middle of this, that message of, you are not enough, you do not have enough, or you are not good enough, can become pretty loud. So how do we cut through the static to hold our own hand and reclaim or rediscover who we are? In my own life, I can share that the past few weeks have been a reminder that the safest, softest, and strongest place we can ever reside is in deep alignment with our authentic selves. And as I say that, I know that that's so challenging, but it's also the fun part. Forgetting who we are, being confused about why we are here, doubting what we are capable of, and staying too long in places that don't welcome, recognize, or respect us, and all the while answering to names that aren't ours. Years ago, I read a book called I'm With the Band by Pamela DeBar, and her ex-husband actually wrote the intro to the book, and he described meeting her for the very first time. And he wrote, She was Marilyn. She was Elvis. She was a 40s bathing suit. She swooned. She swayed. She was the Mary Magdalene of the electric church. And I remember when I read that, feeling that this person saw her so clearly. I almost felt as if he saw her clearer than she even saw herself in that moment, and how powerful that is. And fun fact, I actually met her a few years ago, and she is all of those things even today. And how beautiful is that when someone crosses our path and they really see us, they understand our essence, and they can reflect back to us who we are, who we can be. They reveal our capacity and our truth. And then other times, we cross paths with other people, and they're not entering our lives with kindness or understanding or good intentions. Sometimes they enter our life with friction, and we can confuse that friction, right? That lessons have to come through in a painful, harsh, punitive way. And I personally don't always think that that's true. I think some people enter our lives to remind us of who we are now who we could be, and who we have always been. It's almost like they enter our lives and they reveal to us the distance 
how far away we are from our true selves. And for that, we can bless them, even though some of those interactions can be really, really harsh. I recently started reading a book about Mary Magdalene, and the one quote I took from it that I've just been chewing on over and over again was, you mistook the garment I wore for my true self, and you did not recognize me. And I hope that that quote really resonates with so many of you, especially if we have found ourselves in spaces where other people are committed to mistaking and misunderstanding us or where we feel unfamiliar and unrecognizable, even in our own energy. And while that can be so challenging, and we're probably all familiar with it, what an incredible and irritating gift to not be known, and to have the opportunity to claim ourselves. And that's what this episode is about. It's about remembering who you are, and remembering why you are here. I think the conversation around claiming ourselves can be very similar to the conversation around setting boundaries. And here's why. So often in the boundary conversation, there is a focus on the lashing out, on pushing away, on cutting off. And we don't spend enough time on the introspection, on the personal inventory of saying, what are the boundaries that would actually work best for this dynamic? What would make me feel the safest? What have I been doing to contribute to the lack of boundaries? In what way have I not been showing up in a helpful way in this dynamic? All of those questions about checking in with our side of the street are so often dismissed. And I personally believe that they are crucial to identifying our boundaries before we begin establishing them. Because we can do a lot of harm in our life if we are just lashing out, looking at the person in front of us, and assuming that it's all on them, versus checking with ourselves and saying, what am I bringing to this situation? How have my boundaries and my energy compromised this dynamic? And what can we both do differently? So when we're having this discussion around authenticity, we can check in with ourselves and say, in what way have I stepped away from my true nature? Because authenticity arises when we strip away the layers of conditioning imposed by society, by our community, our family, our culture. And in that stepping away, we're acknowledging both our strengths and our vulnerabilities. And this is where the work comes in of cultivating radical acceptance of ourselves without judgment. Because acceptance, coupled with compassion, can be such a guiding light in navigating the complexities, restrictions, and conditioning of daily life. Some of those things that really do separate us from ourselves. And when we can get to a place where we experience understanding and acceptance of our own struggles, which, by the way, are not that unique, we can develop a genuine connection with the human experience, this messy experience that we have all shown up for. And maybe we can detach ourselves from that story that's telling us that it's all this other person or it's all this situation that lack of balance in the dynamic. And hopefully, we can foster empathy for the people around us, the people we interact with on a daily basis. And a practice of self-compassion 
is such a crucial element in cultivating empathy for other people. I speak about discernment on this podcast so often because I find it to be such a powerful tool. It is the way that we can observe the mind without judgment, and we can allow the truth to rise to the surface and reveal itself. Discernment really empowers us to let go of thought patterns and those stories that we all have that no longer serve us, and it creates a space for our authentic selves to emerge. And so again, it's not about lashing out at anyone else or pointing a finger. It's about distinguishing between the noise of the expectations of the world and the whispers of our true nature. And I don't know about you, but in my daily life, where there are all these expectations of me, discernment is never spoken about. In fact, when discernment does come up, it can be in contrast to what others expect of me. Discernment is a skill that is so overlooked in the, I don't want to say flow, because I think it's actually the hustle and bustle of our daily lives. And this observing our thoughts without attachment and cultivating a discerning mind can almost come in contrast to what seems to make our day tick. That invitation to investigate the stories we tell ourselves and to question their validity, that can actually mess up the work sometimes. I'm sure that so many of us have been in a situation where seeing something clearly Having a true understanding of not only what is motivating everyone, but the consequences that will unfold actually put us in the position of a scapegoat. So that's when discernment can be a challenge. And that's why I encourage us to incorporate this on a daily basis in our own lives so that we're not pulling discernment out in a crisis crucial moment where it may not be received well. I always encourage everyone to practice something internally first before experimenting externally. And that leads me to the discussion of empathy and how crucial empathy is to this reclaiming ourselves. It's the bridge between authentic connection and understanding. And it begins with mindful presence, a genuine willingness to listen and understand. And it's one of those things like discernment where we can say, yeah, 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 I do that all the time. And all the while, when we think we are empathizing, we're actually racking up discussion points to take the other person down, or we are not showing up with willingness and open-mindedness or even open-heartedness to hear what is actually being said. We are just listening for how we think it's impacting us. And so by acknowledging our shared humanity, we can dissolve these illusions of isolation. And it can pave the way for a more interconnected experience. And so something I just mentioned that I really wanted to backtrack and touch on is practicing these things within ourselves so that we are not positioning ourselves to punish other people, to point fingers or to lash out in an awkward experimentation of emotion. Just think about your own history and your own life. The very first time you took on a deeply complicated task, did you execute it well? Did you do it perfectly? Did you want an audience? Did you want high emotional relationship stakes as you were doing this? 
probably not. And it can feel really intoxicating in the moment. That lashing out or punishing someone or saying something that you felt that you'd had bottled up for so long. But what does that actually do? And what is that release of energy actually revealing to you about the situation? Because is it really always about the other person? In those situations, the question that always rises to the surface for me is, why have you been waiting to share this? Why were you compelled to hide this from the other people? Why did you not feel that you could share this voice or these thoughts or feelings in a calm way, a straightforward way, in a non-aggressive way? And that is not to point fingers at anyone. It is not to position one as good or one as bad. It is just the deeper inquiry. I absolutely understand when people set boundaries with friends, family, relationships. I get that. The question is, why were we at this point where the boundary sounded like lashing out versus this is how I create safety for myself? And that is so challenging to talk about, especially today when we are bombarded with this is the right way to set a boundary or this is the right way to have a relationship. I have no idea what's right or wrong for you. I have no idea what's going on in your relationships. But the deeper question when we find ourselves only saying something at a crisis moment is what inspired us to keep this to ourselves up to this point? Did we feel that we would not be heard? Were we ashamed of our feelings? Were we afraid of the consequences? That information is so important, and it can help us in the future so that we don't wait until these critical moments push others away and maybe cross lines that we can never uncross. And so the theme there is not about good or bad, right or wrong. It's about living with authenticity versus living in reactivity. And I often talk about the concept of the secondary gain on this podcast because I know that for many of us, it can be challenging to connect with that secondary gain. An example being lashing out at someone. Why do we do that if we've had multiple opportunities to express ourselves? Maybe the secondary gain is you wanted to wield power over this other person. Maybe secretly you wanted to take them down a notch. Maybe in some way you wanted to make them feel about themselves the way you sometimes feel about yourself. So on this podcast, we check in with ourselves. We ask ourselves those questions, the ones we would rather run away from. We look at ourselves in the mirror and say, what did I bring to that situation? And it becomes such a reflex, such a muscle memory that we can do it even in those moments when we might have caused harm. But we can also ask ourselves these difficult questions, even in situations when we know that we haven't. And that's where that detachment and discernment comes in, where we are not attaching ourselves to the villain-victim story. And instead, we're leaning towards, hey, we're probably all human. Everyone has a bad day, week, year. And every now and then, we make a mistake. We hurt other people. We embarrass ourselves. What can we do about it? And I think this lashing out behavior is so rewarded in our culture. 
So let's keep that in mind where it is not always originating deep down inside of us. How often have each of us found ourselves in a situation where the only way it seemed to maintain a sense of self was to identify with the aggressor? And that's a very powerful but very harmful defense mechanism where we see someone in a situation and we look at their perceived power and leverage. Even if it's harmful, even if it is abusive, we see that this person gets what they want and we begin to identify with those traits as something that will provide us a sense of safety, power, leverage, control. And we begin incorporating them into our own interactions. Even if it's not in alignment with our true nature, there can be this story that we're telling ourselves that this will save us. This will get us what we need. And in reality, it's just taking us further and further away from who we are. Now, the other side of claiming ourselves that I'd love to touch on is that not everyone has to approve and understand you or give you permission. And while the story we might be telling ourselves about coming back into alignment with our authentic selves or claiming ourselves will be that everything else around us will respond positively, I can tell you that it might just be the opposite. Because coming back into our authentic selves might mean being inconvenient. Because those parts of ourselves that we have been hiding or denying are coming back and they are asking to take up space. The words we have not said, the things that are heavy on our heart, that is coming back and it's saying, use your voice. Those relationships that we began to become invisible in, that is calling for us to strengthen our discernment, to show up as who we are with clarity around what we need, what we want. And the real kicker is we are encouraged to allow others to do the same. So what does that look like when we are in a dynamic where everyone is hiding their authentic selves and everyone is showing up in a way that can just keep the machine going, keep the wheel turning? So what happens when I am checking in with my authentic self and I am using discernment and empathy and I look to you and I encourage you to do the same? I think in our minds we're telling ourselves how wonderful that would be but in actuality, it's really uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to be seen for who we are at our core. It can be irritating. It can knock us off kilter. We can lose our emotional balance. And it can also bring up feelings of shame that we have been so far away from who we truly are and this other person sees us. And even if they're not pointing a finger, and they're not trying to make us feel bad about ourselves, that can generate within us. And how often do we respond well to shame, to embarrassment, to seeing ourselves the way others see us? And this can really be exacerbated in unsafe situations, situations where you feel that you can't get your head above water. I truly believe that healing cannot happen in unsafe situations. And I think the world tells us, be better, fix it, make it right, get on board, go with the flow, make sure you don't disrupt things, and that's not healing. That's like walking around with a broken bone and being asked to perform all the tasks that someone else without a broken bone could perform. 
Could you make do? Could you stumble through? Of course you can, but that's not healing. So when the conditions around us do not allow us to show up in safety, to relax, to exhale, to maybe make a mistake, how can we navigate that? I really do wish that I had quick fix answers for all of us. But I also think that that's a trap because each of us has unique characters and dynamics and situations and skills and vulnerabilities that we bring to every situation. So instead of slapping an answer on this and putting it out there to the world, I'd rather do what we often do on this podcast and ask ourselves questions. So let's begin with, when and where are you the most relaxed? Really take a moment to think about it. Do a body scan, check in with yourself. Maybe your mind is telling you that I should be most relaxed with my family, but instead that's when I'm the most tense. Maybe you're telling yourself that I should be relaxed with my partner, and I'm not. Now, when and where did you feel the most seen, understood, and appreciated? And I want you to think about those moments where you didn't have to pivot into a five-minute explanation of something you just said and you walked away from a conversation fearful that the worst-case scenario take was going to be applied to something you said. I want you to think about those moments of true understanding. What does that feel like, and where in your life does it happen? When and where did you learn the most lessons through ease versus force? And for this question, I really want you to deconstruct the belief that all of our lessons have to be a harsh punishment. And I want you to think about the lessons that came through in your life that felt like a sigh. They felt like an exhale. It felt like the tension was released from your shoulders and you got to relax and just be who you are in the moment and you had clarity and understanding. When and where did that happen? And now, what is a myth or a story that we tell ourselves about our worth or how others perceive us? And this can be so challenging and layered, and I'll encourage you to even pause this podcast if you want to take a moment and write this down. Because those myths and stories where we tell ourselves that we know what someone else is thinking about us when we say or do this one particular thing, and then they're going to look at us this way, and they're going to say this about us, and they're going to feel this way about us. That story. I want you to write that down. I want you to write down the story that you tell yourself about your worth and the myth that surrounds it. And maybe checking in with, when was the first time you were told or told yourself this story? And what are you telling yourself about what you have to do in this world to be valuable? to be valued, to be treated with respect? And how often are we confusing late-stage capitalism productivity with our true purpose? This idea of constant output, constant busyness, constant churning, not allowing our emotional waters to be still. And I'm talking about this today because claiming ourselves is a journey, and it's a journey of self-discovery and surprise. It is a learning process. It is not a one-time thing. 
if we're lucky, we are going to approach this crossroads over and over and over again in our lives. And it's this constant evolution. It doesn't mean that we've done something bad. It doesn't mean we have failed. It doesn't mean we are wrong. Maybe instead it means that we have been in the stream of life and we have allowed ourselves to be taken to new and scary and unknown places. And that's okay. The real question is, are we willing to show up for ourselves to claim who and what we are versus wear this thousand pound mask that the world sometimes offers to us? And where is that intersection? How can I continue to show up for myself, for my community, for the world in a boundaried way that also allows me to show up for myself, to make space for my wants and needs? to allow my true voice to come through. And what am I doing to block that, to quiet that, to constrict myself, to hold myself back? And is it possible for us to surrender to the blessing of knowing or realizing when someone or something or some place is not right for us right now? I always describe my concept of surrender as turning my energies over to the winning side. It's not about defeat. It's not about shame or loss. So maybe at the end of the day, this concept of claiming who we are is in much closer relationship to surrender than we ever realized. Until next time, please stay present with yourself. Stay compassionate. Stay true to the essence of who you are. Use your voice. Take up space. Know your worth. I encourage you to share this podcast episode with someone in your life that you can have a conversation with about this topic. Maybe you're both in that space where you feel like you're really distant from yourself. And hopefully this podcast episode can inspire that conversation. And you can do that work in community versus isolation. Please make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. I so appreciate when you take the time to like, rate, and review this podcast. Your notes about what is resonating with you mean so much to me, and they help guide the content that I'm sharing here. Thank you for listening to the Love Letters and Mixtapes podcast.